Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, it is your boy, Stevie Jobber. And it's your boy, Dangerous Duke. And welcome back to the Dangerous Jobbers podcast, putting wrestling over one podcast at a time. Yes, sir. The paradigms are shifting in the land of wrestling once again this week. But before we get to all that, as always, guys, we got to get to the wrestler of the pod. And I think you guys are going to like this one. Mm-hmm. The wrestler of the pod this week, you may know, may know from her time in NXT, but most of her fans know her from the Indies, probably more from West Side Extreme Wrestling. Uh, the wrestler of the pod this week is Killer Kelly, mm-hmm. who just recently debuted in Impact with a strong, strong debut. Uh, she looks like a monster. She looks like she's going to be a super threat now. Uh, and I'm I'm happy Impact is adding this dominant woman whose gimmick I've always loved. If you guys know me, I'm a sucker for gimmicks. And I love just a good, badass character. And Killer Kelly is that in a nutshell. Uh, I mean, just check from just check from her 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 only uh, stats from the Indies. Mm-hmm. At least the only stats on Wikipedia. I, I I don't know how many belts she's collected since this last update, but she's been WXW Women's Champion and won the WXW Women's Championship tournament in 2017. She's been 89 on the. Uh, top 100 for female wrestlers in 2020 from the PWI and she's been ranked 453 in the 500 overall in 2021 mm-hmm. wrestler of the pot killer Kelly so happy to see you on impact wrestling um, and with that I think we got a little bit of indie news to start and then we'll get into the big stuff yep sounds like a plan so the first thing I just wanted to say was the G1s uh, had finished. I'm sorry, guys, we haven't been able to do more coverage on it, but mm-hmm. neither of us are paying that $10 yet to keep <laughs> up or watching or keeping up with the dirt sheet. So uh, probably next year we'll be more on it for the G1s. But the G1 is over, and the winner of the G1 this year for 2022 was Okada. Yeah. Kazuchika Okada defeating his uh his his rookie or his 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 former right hand man will osprey now leader of the uh united empire big win for okada i believe since it's been called the g1 he's had the most the most wins in the g1 and i think he's third overall right yeah yeah this puts him at four because uh Antonio Antonio and Yoki's at 10 and there's somebody else whose name I'm blanking on, but they're at number five. Mm. And this, this win puts Okada at four. Okay. Yeah. So he's, he's putting the numbers up. I'm surprised to beat Osprey, but considering the Ospreys getting more into the States, I think this does good for Okada to stay as the poster for New Japan at the time, while Will Ospreay and the United Empire are kind of on an overseas uptake. Mm-hmm. So I, I like the decision to have Okada win, and just just good to see Okada adding to how great his name already is. 
Um, but I think after that, do we go into, because it becomes which story is bigger, right? Do we go into the AEW stories or do we go into the WWE stories? Um, we have more WWE to discuss than we do for AEW. So... Would you want to knock out? You want to knock out WWE first? I think we knock out WWE first. I think the bigger news is coming from AEW. I think that's where uh, my moment of clarity speech will come. Okay. So let's let's do WWE. That's a lot more fun to talk about. All right. Yeah. Because for AEW, we're gonna have to dive in depth and do our theories and whatnot. So, not to say we're not gonna do it for WWE, but. WWE is a little more fun to talk about right now. So with that being said, we're going to dive right on in. The first thing I have from WWE is Jeff Jarrett has officially departed from the company after just coming back in May. Now he's only, he's only been back for, I want to say not even six months, May, June, July, August. And so four months and he's already gone. That sucks. I feel like they could utilize them a little better. Yeah, I think but so I mean, too. Who knows what it came down to? Especially with them just being, uh, just being able to put him back on TV. He, I know mm-hmm. he just did the, uh, the the tag match at SummerSlam. He just did Flair's last match. I don't know if this was creative differences or if they just, if he just ran his course with them and did everything he was supposed to do, but. He was the senior vice president of live events. So this does paint an interesting dynamic as to who might be stepping up and taking his spot. That is or, interesting. Or if Triple H is just going to run his spot, you know, and just do do away with the position. We don't really know. Yeah. I mean, there's there's been a shifting in, in NXT UK, too. So maybe there's just been a there's just been big. Um, how do I say this? There's been big corporate decisions being made. So it could have been that this was one of those short time deals they gave him just to see how we would fit, where we, where we could fit, if we could get him somewhere. And in the grand scheme of it, at the end of that, they decided they just couldn't find a place for him currently. So they just let him go. Yeah, it's, it's possible. I mean, I, I don't want to say it's a bad move because I don't really know if it's a bad move. I don't know if it was a good move. I just, I feel like it was a little too early to right now. It's too early to make a decision or a call on if it was a good move or a bad move, because like you just said, we we're starting to get a new shift and power in the company people are getting fired and people are getting promoted and new people are getting put in new positions. So it's an interesting time. It's kind of like a feeling out period, I guess, where we got to see who's good where. Yeah. And a couple more people have just been promoted. So obviously we're going to dive into that later, but I don't know. It's it's an interesting, it's an interesting decision to say the least. I'm interested to see how they fill the position going forward, whether it's, somebody entirely new or if they just do away with it and have Hunter do it 
it's going to be an interesting time. Yeah, that'll be the biggest thing for me is now, well, now who do you put in that spot? Because I feel like Jared could have been used um, a little more than he was. But, I mean, if they can't fit him, they can't fit him. And we just got to wait and see right now, which I'm perfectly fine with the way the weeks have been going. Yeah, and then another thing that we're going to have to wait and see on, well, not so much, but we're going to have to wait and see the result of the new thing. You just touched on it a little bit. NXT UK is officially <clears throat> obsolete and being replaced at coming in 2023, mm. NXT Europe. So what are your thoughts on um, this new brand? Well, there's a lot of faith. I'm going to say that. I'm going to start with that. There's a lot of faith. I want to be surprised. I want to say I'm surprised at the at the cuts. But at the end of the day, I'm not. Because at first, I believed it was, well, we're going to take a short time, rebrand, bring everybody back for this show. But with some of the cuts that are being made, I could definitely see if it was also a thing of, hey, if you guys want to go, because now we're not doing this weekly thing and the roster is going to look new. We're going to be doing things a little different, pretty much. And there's just a lot of change coming that you got to stick around for mm -hmm. to maybe reap the benefits of or not, depending on where you fit in in the new style of show. So I could easily see a bunch of those people being like, I'll just take my out. And you can just let me go. Because at first, when the first four came out, I was like, okay. Some people that just decided eh, we're probably not going to want to do the stick around because they said those first four were all mutual, really. Yeah. So that could be that kind of thing. But with the new names that came out, including Trent Seven, and uh, Zaya Brookside, which I was kind of surprised about. I could see it being the thing of this is, you know, if you guys want to continue, if you're if you guys feel like you're done, I know a big change is coming. And there's a lot of trust that needs to be had on top of the trust that you already had to have to stick around this long with no payoff. Mm -hmm. So if you want to go, we understand and if you want to stick around, you know, then great. I feel like it's more of that kind of thing with the NXT UK or uh, NXT Europe. I'm, I'm really interested in this move because, as we know, not many people in America were watching NXT UK, right? No. no. And as far as the business of professional wrestling goes a very big market. Probably the biggest market is the American market. And when you stick it to just one thing, if you want to do something overseas, but you're sticking it to just one thing, it can get kind of stale for a while. Mm -hmm. 
I mean, it was probably getting stale in Europe too. Like, oh, it's just strictly United Kingdom people. Being able to go all across Europe kind of broadens your horizons a little bit. You can stop in the UK ground. You can stop in the French ground. You can stop in Italy and Switzerland and all those other different territories. Mm-hmm. And you can cover a vast amount of talent that way. You stick to just England, you're not going to get much talent. You you branch out. You can find the next Cesaro. You can find the next Sheamus. You can find the next Gunther. You can find the next great talent elsewhere. Mm-hmm. You just have to explore your options. And I think it does good for them touring-wise as well. Mm-hmm. Because I think the big goal for them, at least now that it's back in Triple H's hands, would probably be to have a New Japan Strong or an All Japan Mm -hmm. where it's not necessarily what NXT is, but it is what we represent take it like kind of crossing into that culture. It's kind of like the New Japan Dojo in L.A. There you go. Yeah. Yeah, you said it better than I did. Yeah, it's like that. It's like the New Japan Dojo that's in L.A. They're still doing the Japanese style of wrestling, but they're doing it in the American territory and Mm -hmm. they're developing that way. Exactly. Yeah, so it's definitely an interesting thing. Um, And another interesting thing that happened, we had a new promotion within the ranks of WWE and probably one of the biggest promotions, at least the biggest leap in Mm -hmm. promoting. Shawn Michaels is now the vice president of talent development. That is a beautiful, beautiful thing to hear because arguably one of the greatest of all time in the ring, technically one of the most charismatic and polarizing people of the last 30 years in professional wrestling. So having him being your vice president of the developing the talent, it gives these guys a whole, whole new advantage that they didn't have before having one of the goats at their disposal when they're coming up. Yeah, I put out what I thought was a great tweet the moment I saw the news that said, um, how old were you when you realized DX is actually the new world order? Mm hmm. They have officially taken over <laughs> the wrestling industry. DX is running the show, ladies and gentlemen. They finally completed that hostile takeover. Right? What a story arc. That, that's the long game. That's that long-term <laughs> storytelling that we fans pay to see. Man. <laughs> you know, let's get bring it all the way out of the ring. Uh huh. Give me the give me the economical trilogy of DX taking over from the ground up. Um, I'm happy about it because again, these are two guys that eat, sleep, and breathe the business that have made some of the best calls that no one but them believed in, and they're shaping wrestling that we like to see every week getting better Mm -hmm. and better so 
I just I have no bad things to say. I will I am gonna give there's two there's two moments where I have to give the moment of clarity. Uh this one's small, the other one is probably gonna be bigger, but this small moment of clarity, again, I have to remind the listeners and WWE fans and people that have been waiting for this moment all their lives. We now do have to be responsible if the, if it's not good. Absolutely. So if things, don't, if things Absolutely. start to not work out, we have to hold the same accountability. Mm-hmm. So just you know, take it, take take caution, because as excited as we are, they do still have to do this. They great. still have to perform. Yeah, they still have to give us what we want every week. Not to the extent that they're doing it on this level, because right now they're firing on all cylinders, but just on a side that's not making us want to rip their heads off every week. Yeah, I agree. Um, this is what we've been calling for. Changes like this with Hunter being the head of creative, Sean, talent development. I don't, I don't think many people called for Nick Khan to be a co-CEO, but hey, everything's going smoothly right now. Everything's going according to plan, how we wanted it. So we're okay with it for right now. But like you did just say, if it starts to not be good, accountability has to be taken. And if we were wrong, we will have no problem admitting we were wrong. But just as quick as we had no problem admitting we were wrong, we're going to be just as quick to say, all right, we need something else has to change here. We th- This isn't working. Absolutely. But one thing that I did think, what well, one thing that I didn't think worked and one thing that I did think worked from this Friday on SmackDown, two side stories. I did think, I, I didn't think, I'll go with the didn't think first. I did not think it was a great idea on creative's part to let Hit Row actually rap on Friday. I did not think that was a great decision. And that is coming from a black viewer. Didn't like it. <laughs> thought, thought, thought the interference was great. I thought maybe even dancing till commercial was fine. But actually rapping did not go well. Top Dollar is the only rapper in the group actually. So, <laughs> so Leave the rap into the acclaimed. So in this moment, the only people doing the rapping gimmick well are the acclaimed. So I would just, if you're going to have a performance, how about just top dollar rap? (laughs) And the other two just be hype men. So because I didn't need those two verses from them to only get the one good top dollar verse when I was already trying to turn the channel, like this is, already trying to turn the channel. This was cringeworthy. Don't like it. Don't do it again. But the one thing I did like that they did right that is an era of change is I found it very convenient Friday morning when HBK put out a video saying that the two women from NXT that were not a tag team that were in the tag team tournament were interestingly enough medically unable to compete oh yeah and had replaced them with 
the best tag team in women's wrestling in NXT for months. Gigi Dolan and uh, um, oh my god, I can't remember her name. Um, but Toxic Attraction. Mm-hmm. It's and okay. Everybody remembers Gigi Dolan. It's it's just the easier. <laughs> we all knew Priscilla Kelly. Uh, it, that is the only reason why, because I already knew Priscilla Kelly from the Indies. That is why I know her name and don't know the other ones. Uh, but <laughs> Toxic Attraction replace them with toxic mm-hmm. attraction we replaced them with toxic attraction i immediately went oh okay they're gonna win so i'm not sure exactly how this is gonna shake out but trust me if you're looking at the brackets my opinion has completely changed because i thought at the beginning of this that it was going to come down to Bailey's girls and uh, Oscar and who's Oscar partnering with? Alexa. Alexa. I thought it was going to come down to those two fighting it out, but then they put them on the same side of the bracket. So I thought to myself, okay, it's going to be Bailey's girls versus Raquel and Aaliyah. Hmm, I'm not sure. Oh, Alexa's not sure. That's a real guy. I thought it was going to be between them. But then Sean makes the announcement Friday that Toxic Attraction is now battling in the tournament. And they're starting with Natty and whoever Natty's partner was that I knew was Sonya Deville. Sonya. That I knew clearly was not going to win yeah, if they no. had a real tag team fighting them. No. So when he said toxic attraction, I said, oh, this is the biggest threat in the in the women's tag team bracket. I will say toxic attraction is about to kill. <laughs> and then they're gonna move up when Mandy Rose is ready. I, I will say though, it does make sense because they, they got they got to kill two birds with one stone on this one. You got first you got to put the title, the NXT women's tag titles on two people who, in my opinion, really deserve it on uh, Casey Catanzaro and Caden. Yes. Who definitely did deserve it. They've been one of the only legit tag teams in NXT for such a long time. You're absolutely right. And their pop was great. That was awesome. They deserve it. Mm -hmm. And you also got to get toxic attraction to come up. So it was a two birds, one stone scenario. You got to have them drop the titles to a team that's legit, a team that deserves it. Mm-hmm. And you got to get them to come up for the women's, the WWE women's tag titles. Mm-hmm. So it, it, it fits the mold always. There, that was, there was no wrong scenario about it. Yeah, just good, good decisions. Um, and then after that, I think there's two big moments from WWE. I did like Riddle's segment with Seth this week. It felt a little more natural. Mm-hmm. I like him reverting less away from the surfer dude um, and the ultimate bro. I mean, he is the king of bros, but let's not, let's not lean so much on the bro. Yeah. I did like their segment, but I feel like the two big segments were from best friends, Sammy and Kevin Owens. 
So which one of those should we start with and which one of those should we end with? I don't even think this, I don't even think the Sammy segment with Kevin was the best segment for me. Well, I mean, well, between the two of them, like they had probably the best stories of the week. Kevin on Raw and then Sammy's on SmackDown. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, gotcha. yeah. So um, do we start with you can start with Sammy. Let's start with Sammy. Start with Sammy. Yeah, go ahead. Why don't you start with Sammy? So I want to talk about the Sammy segments on SmackDown because they yes, they were in uh, Ontario. But the writing all night was so great. Because if you've been following Sammy and his battle to be part of the bloodline, then you always thought all of them hate Sammy. They found him slightly useful and they were letting him hang around. So the one night Roman wants to see Sammy, he really only wants to see him to talk about what happened on Raw with Kevin Owens and just something that Kevin said. Yep. Sammy thinks this is about so much more. So that he comes in to see Roman. Roman asks how everything is going. And Sammy says it's okay. And then he's like, you know what? It hasn't really been okay. And he starts to puke up all these situations he's having with the Usos. Mm -hmm. And Roman is such an amazing actor. Because all of his facial expressions have you going, oh, shit. Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. And you, but you never know which way it's going to go because it starts with you thinking you just told him something he didn't need to hear. And now either you about to get it or they about to get it. Mm-hmm. And then it becomes Roman walking away. And you thinking, oh, Roman's going to come back and start beating up Sammy and throw him out the thing or whatever. Roman's phone rings and it's Jay Uso. Sammy picks up the phone. And Jay is telling them they can't make it to the show. They're stuck in traffic. This is what Sammy told Roman. I don't even know if that's true, but that's not even part of the story. Mm-hmm. That could be something they use later, whether that's true or not. But Sammy tells Roman they can't make it. And Roman's entire demeanor changes. And Roman Roman starts to support Sami Zayn. Yeah. Because now Roman doesn't have anybody else for the night but Sammy. And Sammy is having a fatal five way for the U.S. title. I mean, for the number one contendership. For the IC Wait, title. for the IC title. And suddenly Roman goes, you know, that would look good on the bloodline. Mm-hmm. And you go, oh, shit, again. Because somehow this started with Sammy is definitely going to get his ass beat. This, oh, shit, Sammy might solidify his place in the bloodline. And it was just fantastic writing 
an amazing turn of events. And the best part about it was the payoff in the Fatal Five way because of Roman and Sammy. Because Canada, after watching that show on Friday, I can tell you two things. They love the shit out of Roman and they love the shit out of Sammy. Because that roof came off when they saw Roman on the screen. And that segment they had in the locker room translated to them losing their freaking minds when Sammy's music hit for that fatal five way. Mm-hmm. And they took you on a roller coaster of fucking emotions live in Ontario thinking, oh shit, Sammy's about to win this freaking match. Mm-hmm. And then they broke our hearts at the end. Yeah. But the big thing is how big that moment is for Sammy. That put Sammy on the map in a way that I don't think Sammy's ever been on the map before his entire run nope. in WWE. And it's amazing what the tribal chief can do for somebody <laughs> you've never thought of as a main eventer before. Yeah. Because he did the same thing for Jay. It's just that Roman touch. He can change your whole night to you being the guy at the end. Mm-hmm. So big things for Sammy I see coming next, just based off of that. So that's a huge moment for Sammy. That's my moment on SmackDown I want to talk about for Sammy. But what do you think about Raw? Give me the Kevin Owens, uh, Drew McIntyre segment for Raw. I thought that promo that they cut between McIntyre and Kevin Owens was beautiful. I, Me personally, it was one of the better promos of the last couple years. You've seen a fire in Kevin Owens that you haven't seen in quite some time. Talking about he needs to go back to the old Kevin Owens, the Kevin Owens that blew the roof off the place with Sami Zayn, the prize fighter. And that's the Kevin Owens that we all miss. He went on about how it's been five years since he's been a champion, which sounds atrocious when you atrocious. put it that way. Horrible. Five years that he hasn't been a champion. That sounds atrocious. That, means his, Owens. that means his last championship was probably the U.S. title. And that didn't even grow great. Yeah, that because been better because we seen his last title reign live live. It didn't even end the way it was supposed to. No, it didn't. <laughs> but it was great to see him do what he does best, man, and just be it, – it was a, a callback to that kill Steen kill attitude, that fight Owens fight, yes. the prize fighter. It was a callback that he's desperately needed for some time. And then McIntyre just firing back with what he said. Pouring his heart out. Yeah, how he was the chosen one 15 years ago when he got fired and he had to work his ass off to come back. He pulled out a Ricky Starks. Mm-hmm. And he said, we're wrestlers in a wrestling ring. So let's just freaking wrestle. wrestle. I That's love the title. It. That's the title. Let's just freaking wrestle. I love that we can say wrestler again. We're wrestlers in a wrestling ring. Let's just freaking wrestle, man. I love that we can say title again, that we don't yes. got to say championship. Oh, my gosh. I love that we can say belt again. Like, there's just so many words that we can say 
that I'm just so just happy we freedom, can say again. A free, the freedom, sir, is the best part about this. Were you watching? There was a small segment. I don't know if you you got to see all of the women's segment on SmackDown, but there's a segment in there where Bailey and the Control, which I think is their their name right now, is Control. Mm. Uh, Bailey, Io Sky, and Dakota Kai buy tickets to go see the women's tag title tournament on SmackDown. And Pat McAfee and the the great team of Pat McAfee and Michael Cole on commentary. And at one point, (laughs) at one point, um, Pat McAfee yells that, uh, yells to Bailey, who's sitting right behind them, that uh, Michael Cole said he's, said he's, he's, he's scared of you or something like that. Mm -hmm. And, (laughs) And Cole is like trying to hide, and was like, "I didn't, I didn't say that, Pat." But thank you. <laughs> like, and you can tell it wasn't planned, and he definitely did that just off the riff. And the fun that you get to see off script is just great. It's just hilarious. I love it, how free the atmosphere is. It takes me back to when Corey Gray said, "I liked it better when you were a mindless puppet." Yes. Oh my god! <laughs> just the just the key moments on commentary. It really shows you how much better on commentary they are than AEW's team. I liked it better when you weren't allowed to have an opinion. Oh my god! Everybody is more funny. Uh, 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 Byron Saxon is gonna have to step it up. Everyone's now funnier now when you have are, freedom, man. Now the jokes are gonna be really good. You see what freedom can do? It's amazing. It's amazing. But that's that's everything I got for WWE. So you think it's time we jump in this AEW bag? All right, let's get to the let's get to the good stuff, man. All right. Well, we'll start with the good stuff. Yeah. We got a return. Yes. From, from the one and only Ooh. Kenny Omega. The cleaner. The cleaner. The Omega man himself. The, the belt collector. Yes. I, I was excited. Were you excited? Did you see this coming? Did you expect it to be Kenny? No, I didn't. I, I expected Kenny to come back at a pay-per-view or something. I was mm-hmm. kind of surprised. It was on a random Wednesday. Mm-hmm. But it's not... I'm, I'm trying to... I'm, I'm in a little bit of a loop. I don't know why they did it on a Wednesday, and I don't know where he fits right now. Well, sir, I'm going to tell you exactly where he fits, and I'm going to tell you exactly why I think they pressed the button. I think he fits in the trios division because I don't think they'd have brought Kenny back for anything less than a title belt. Mm -hmm. So I think with the Bucks needing to step away from the tag division, in order for it to grow mm-hmm. and them not using the ROH trios as the AEW trios, they were going to have to pick the right staples to hold it first. And mm-hmm. it gives the Bucks something to do. And if Hangman is not going to leave the dark order, 
why not have All Out be Kenny Omega and the Bucks winning a title nobody really cares about yet <laughs> to showcase them in a part of the show where they don't interrupt anybody else's storyline so we can push young talent. Because they waited so damn long to bring the belts in. Right, right. So You brought in 16 different titles before you brought in the trios titles. Yeah, I, I, I think you hit three different birds with a stone there. It gives a reason for Kenny to come back and be it all out, mm-hmm. which is kind of like their WrestleMania. You give the Young Bucks something to do that isn't holding the tag division hostage. And you finally create the trios titles that you needed to have in the beginning. Yeah. So I think you hit three birds with one stone. And Kenny looked amazing. Kenny looked better than I'd ever seen him even working the injured arm trying to be Cody Rhodes. Um, he looked he looked so much more fluent out there. Kenny, before he took his time off, really looked like more of a spot monkey in his last few matches that I've seen live or that I've mm-hmm. seen that, you know, you got to see on television when he was around to have them. He looked stiff. He looked like he was moving from spot to spot to spot. Uh, And it was a lot less fluent than it was in this return match. Yeah. Every motion into the next move was fluent. It didn't look rushed. It didn't look, it didn't look okay. Part by part by part. It gave me a little more Randy Orton. Yeah. Who I think is the most fluent wrestler I've ever seen ever. Randy never does anything that doesn't make sense or go into the next thing. And Kenny looked like that out there. It looked like everything he did had a purpose and he wasn't just trying to find the next move. Yeah. So I think he looked great. I think him adding the injured arm to the story arc is going to be good and hopefully it pays off. So, but I'm, I'm excited about it. I'm glad he came back. I'm glad he's, I'm glad all three of them are in a role that doesn't affect anybody really. So. Yeah, I mean, I'm excited to see Kenny. Glad he's with the Bucks because, you know, it gives them all something to do. Mm -hmm. Potentially as the first trios champions of AEW. Mm -hmm. Um, But this leads us into the final topic I have. There's we've been talking all this episode about shifts in wrestling. We've we talked about the shifts in WWE. There might be a potential shift going on in AEW. For those of you who haven't seen it, apparently there's numerous people backstage who are not happy. They haven't dropped the names of everybody who's unhappy, but they just say it's certain people that are backstage, one of the names being Hangman Adam Page, another one of the names being CM Punk. Apparently, these two have an issue with each other. And I must say, if these rumors are true about the potential backstage drama and people being unhappy with management, this seems 
awfully reminiscent of those times in WCW. Yeah, so uh, before I get in my moment of clarity speech, I want to shed some light on the the silver lining in this before we get into what might be a little politicky. Mm-hmm. I just want to say before we get into how true this could be and this and that. Let's take a moment to really appreciate the promo that he did that, that Wednesday night. <laughs> because regardless of what may be going on in the back, that was one of the best CM Punk promos I've seen in a very long time. That was amazing, the way he picked Moxley apart. He definitely won that promo. <laughs> yeah, he definitely did. He definitely won that promo. He was... Um, he was uh, he was he was really good. He was a really good CM Punk. I really appreciated it. From the snowmans to the dollars and cents to the mm-hmm. just just every little word in edgewise just picked my man Moxley apart. He 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 never stood a chance. Punk was Punk was doing really really well. Paint had the hangman thing aside. So let's just take a moment to just really appreciate how amazing a promo that was for Wednesday, even if this all does not work out in the end. Moment of clarity. All right. So (laughs) the tweet I saw said, man, the Triple H CM Punk promos from 2011 are really eerie now. (laughs) And I said to myself, huh, I wonder what promos he's talking about. (laughs) And then I looked them up. And man, those Triple H CM Punk promos in 2011 (laughs) seem really eerie now. Just a, just a little bit, right? Just a little bit. A little, a little awkward. Very cringy. I really hope this is not the case. So, <laughs> so, you just got to hope and pray it's not the case, right? RVD said in the plane ride to hell, Doc, you know, I don't know that... I'm 100% on telling all of these stories because sometimes fans should not know who their heroes really are. (laughs) And I really don't want (laughs) to know (laughs) this CM Punk could actually just be a dick. Like, I just just don't want to accept it. (laughs) But it's leaning. It is leaning... And it's feeling very weird in the locker rooms lately. I've been hearing that maybe this could just be a them thing. And maybe CM Punk is not a dick. There's a chance. But I'm going to break it down to you why this is alarming. It's alarming because 
it sounds like on the surface, it could be a thing between Punk, Hangman, and Cole Cabana. If that's mm-hmm. what this is, cool. But if you go back and you listen to Moxley and you listen to Eddie and you listen to Hangman and then you go back to 2011 and you listen to Triple H's promos and Punk's promos on each other, you can tell, first of all, you can tell in, in within a matter of seconds that they've gone off script and that every promo thus forth is going off script. Yep, and that nobody is following the rules here, and they're just saying how they feel about each other live on air every week. Yeah, that becomes very apparent within the first maybe thirty seconds. Mm-hmm. Okay, this is not this. They're just gonna go. That's how this is gonna be. Yeah, and there's a moment in maybe the first promo of like August where Punk goes. Where Triple H tries to, he try, he tries, he tries to skid by the fact that he didn't really want to bring CM Punk back. And he says, "My feelings aside, I did what was best for business." And Punk, which he definitely was not supposed to do, was aware of that ad lib line, and said, "Let's not skip by that." Why don't you tell the people what your feelings are? He said, despite your feelings. What are your feelings? Tell the people how you really feel. Mm-hmm. And thus forth, thus forth, it is totally off script. And Triple H tries to say it lightly. And then it just, it gets to another level. And then you start to hear a lot of the things that, are being said currently. Mm-hmm. And I want to fight it, right? Because some of them are, you know, you're, you're, you, you, you put yourself, you say you're talking for the people, but only if it benefits you. And, you know, you're, you, you put yourself at a level above everybody else that you're not actually at. And, you're privileged and this and that and you're not as for the people as you say you are it's just like a crutch that you use to implore your agenda when things aren't the way that you like them to be Mm. (laughs) Mm. just a lot of things that are like oh that sounds like a lot of the promos that people are cutting on him today (laughs) and it's like oh that's not good that multiple if, if it's multiple <laughs> it's not good people. 10 years later everything he's saying in that promo is things people still use in their shoot promos today don't you see the writing on the wall <laughs> man oh man oh man is i don't what is cm punk just a dick because i i gotta tell you watch after the third promo of triple h and punk going back and forth off script i don't know man <laughs> i don't know man i mean I, I i don't know if it's punk being a dick i don't know if it's just punk and other people that are upset backstage i don't know if it's a power struggle whatever the case may be 
Tony Khan and the Bucks, Omega, whatever other 35 VPs that you have need to figure it out and they need to figure it out quick because if this keeps spiraling like it potentially could, you could ha- you could ultimately have a case of inmates running the asylum. And the last thing we need is four, fourth year in, third or fourth year in, first video game, you guys are getting WCW and WO syndrome. Yeah, we don't we don't need that at all. You guys it's way too early. You guys started good. You guys had some bad moments. You had some really bad moments, but you, and had you some, just got ROH. But you again, yeah, you had some great moments. You just got ROH. You just got the library. You beat WWE out for the library. You you were around long enough to see their commander in chief bow out of the company. You did some great things. You are doing some great things right now. You don't need this power struggle. You don't need this animosity amongst your talent. This is not something that's good for anyone. And I just hope that it's not... I mean, it's, it's, it's an amazing duality because you see how great Punk's promo about being the best in the world and only and <laughs> saying nobody and the, the great analytical promo he did about why no one's on his level because everybody's a second or third something mm-hmm. and how passionate he was about it but then to <laughs> to hear the promos from back in the day and the consistency and be like well you know You can say that, but at what point do you start to sound like the guy complaining about work that everybody has to do? (laughs) You know, like, Mm -hmm. at what point does it seem like you just being nitpicky? Yeah. So in in one way, if you're not looking at the backstory to this, it seems like just an amazing punk promo, which is where we were at as kids. Mm-hmm. We thought it was amazing seeing it for the first time because we thought, man, this guy is telling it like it is and da 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 da. Seeing it in this context, knowing the back and the front of how it looks and how it could be, it it's seems like, really, fuck? it seems really like eerie, eerie and privilegy and things that I wouldn't want to assume of CM Punk. So the moment of clarity, I guess, would be, uh, are we ready to accept CM Punk being a dick if that is the truth? I mean, at this point, if everything is true the way they're saying it could be, I think we we kind of have no choice. It, feel, it, it would really suck if we got to lump him in with the with the with the low keys and the Austin Aries of professional right? wrestling. It just it would be so disappointing to find out CM Punk was a dick. A dick. Like not you, punk. Like like you could see but but you, keep be honest, you could potentially see it though. I'm starting to see it. I'm that's what I'm saying. You go back 
and you look at the 2011 promos and it starts to sound like, man, maybe he's just a dick. Quite possibly. Because he, it, after a while, he stopped being able to hold his own with the accusations the Triple H was laying out on the table for him. So it started, it started uh-huh. to seem like, oh, man, maybe he's just a dick. Like, maybe. And back then, we couldn't see it because, like, we're only seeing it from one side and we don't know the yeah. stories. And so everything he says sounds very convincing. And it just seems like the man pressing down on him. No one's quicker at calling out a dick than someone who used to be a dick themselves. <laughs> Yo, you know what? You're right. Nobody was a you know, bigger dick right. than Sean and Hunter. And, and, triple, and that was part of the... Yo, see? But this is that is the parallel. That's why it's eerie. Because Triple H, Triple H at one point flipped it like that. He was like, yo, listen. All the stuff you're saying about me, it used to be true. Yeah, I used to be a dick. I know what it's like. I know exactly what you're doing. Because I used to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. I stepped on people. I pushed people aside. I was a dick. I was horrible. If I thought somebody couldn't cut it, because they were in my way. I said that. Like I did what I I, I did what I had to do. Mm-hmm. But now I'm looking at it from this side and I know what really helps because now I'm trying to keep the business up instead of trying to keep myself up. So I yeah. see exactly what you're doing, and I know exactly why it's bullshit, and they're eating it up. Like <laughs> and, and nobody and nobody knows that better than him because hindsight is 2020. You look back now, all the people that he pushed down. Or people that could have been pretty damn good. You know, he he kept Kurt down for a little while. Imagine if he did not push Kurt down when that angle with Stephanie was coming about. And he didn't think Kurt and Stephanie would be believable. Imagine, imagine we could have got a couple more title reigns out of Kurt Angle. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. He, he, Absolutely. Tried, he tried to keep Rock down for a little while. It wasn't very long, but he tried it for a minute. Mm-hmm. Imagine if he never tried to keep Rock down. Mm-hmm. He buried just, the he buried the hell out of Kozlov. I mean, we're not really upset about that, but right. you know, he 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 buried quite a few people. If anybody knows the style of being a dick, it's Hunter. More than anybody. So it's just it's just eerie, and I'm I I'm it's heartbreaking to come to grips with. But CM Punk could be a dick. He he just might be, man. It's I, sad. I it's wonder sad. what I wonder what our listeners think. Yeah, please. That'll be question of the week, guys. Yeah, that that that's the question of the week. Question is, of the week is he or isn't he? Does, is CM Punk a dick? Because it's looking like he might be. It's looking eerie out there, guys. But I believe that's everything we got for this week. That was our weekly episode rundown. Stevie Jobber, you want to get to your shout outs or should I? Uh, I'll go first. Okay. All right. Let's go with the figure four, man. This week, first and foremost, got to be Doghouse Gaming. I did quite a bit of gaming myself. Uh, Turned on the Wii that I got from Doghouse Gaming. Uh, Picked up the Wii controller that I got from Doghouse Gaming. To go to the GameCube game that I had in the Wii that I bought from Doghouse Gaming. (laughs) Then picked up the GameCube controller that was plugged into the Wii that I also bought from Doghouse Gaming to play Mario Kart Double Dash um, and quite a few other things that I bought from Doghouse Gaming. So Doghouse Gaming 
<laughs> follow on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, I can't say it enough. You people have got to be sick of it. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna start using it in hashtags. This is what I'm gonna start doing. I'm uh-huh. start making it a thing. Um, after that, gotta shout out the High Wrestling Podcast, my guys. Um, always good to see them on Twitter. Always good interactions. Nothing but love. I want to take some from the Stevie Jobber Twitter page too. I want to shout out uh, Nathan with a Y that does a lot of uh, montages on TikTok as a cheap heat spot fest. So if you're on Twitter, go follow Nathan with a Y. Um, I want to give a shout out to one of the indie wrestlers, uh, Rika Wild. I have I'm just I'm just I'm just getting my getting my eye on her so I can't tell you a whole lot mm-hmm. but I can tell you her tag name is the Barker of the Bazaar and she definitely reminds me of a, a more carny version of Holly Dead. So I'm gonna keep my eye on her, but she's somebody from the Stevie Jobber wrestling page that I just recently followed. Um so that'll be my figure four for the week, Doghouse Gaming, the high wrestling podcast. Nathan with the Y and indie wrestler Rika Wild. Okay. All right. So I'm going to jump in with my shout outs. And before I do that, I got to throw in the cheap plug here. Is it right if I throw it in here? Throw it in, man. All right. Well, guys, this is episode 99 that you're listening to. We've had 99 amazing episodes. Next week is episode 100. We've done a lot of these. Now, we've done a lot on this show. We've had numerous guests that are wrestling fans, that are wrestling collectors. We've had a couple wrestlers on here, such as Alex Kane and most recently Alex Shelley. Next week's episode is going to be the biggest podcast ever. And I say it's going to be the biggest podcast ever because we are going to have the most guests we have ever had on one singular episode. Yes, sir. This is going to be massive. We had to squeeze in all these amazing people. Some of them are returning guests. Some of them are first time guests. Some of them you have heard of. Some of them you haven't. But I'm going to shout them all out right now. First and foremost, we are going to shout out Fetz Frequency. You guys know who he is. He's been on the show before. He's going to be on again. Next up, we got D the Toy Hunter. Oh another guy. Been on the show numerous times. We love D. Next up, we got Johnny Funko and D of Akan from the Funko Friends podcast. Both first-time appearances on the show. Next up, we have Arcade Pop. Always showing love to us. We're always showing love to him. It'll be his first time on the show as well. So. You already know we got to bring him on. And the one, the only, Bobby Rassels from the All About Wrestling podcast. Yes, we, have, we have a stacked, stacked lineup, and you guys are not going to want to miss it next week. So those are my shout-outs this week, man. You got D the Toy Hunter, Fed's Frequency, RK Pop, Johnny Funko, and Diva Kind from the Funko Friends podcast. And Bobby Rassels from the All About Wrestling podcast. All right, man. But that wraps up our episode this week. Man, can't believe we've done 99 of these. Yeah, yeah. 
It's a lot, man. We're getting them yeah. done. Yeah, and episode 100, I know is going to be just as big, if not bigger. Mm-hmm. So, guys, thank you for tuning in. You guys know where to find us. You can find us on our website, dangerousjobberswebsite.com. You can find us on Instagram at the Dangerous Jobbers Podcast, Twitter at Dangerous Jobber, Facebook at Dangerous Jobbers Podcast. Make sure you guys like the podcast. Make sure you subscribe to us on all of our platforms. And that's it for this week, man. Make sure you guys stay up. Make sure you guys stay blessed. And as always, stay dangerous. Saskatchewan!